Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. Good Friday morning on this November 10th. I'm Vanessa Denhagarmo, filling in for my dear sister in Christ, Teresa Tamio, this morning. Happy early birthday to my sister Suzanne. Her, she'll celebrate her birthday tomorrow on the 11th. I want to share with you uh, a quote from St. Leo the Great, Pope and Doctor, and EWTN shared this in their um, regular e-blast that they send out. I love them. If you haven't registered for their newsletters, go to EWTN and register. They share great commentary and saints. um, And so St. Leo the Great and Pope and Doctor said, no one, however weak, is denied a share and victory of the cross. No one is beyond the help of the prayer of Christ. Let's think about that. No one, however, is weak. No one, however weak, is denied a share in the victory of the cross. No one is beyond the help of the prayer of Christ. And daily on my program, Epiphany, I share a quote of the day and a coach's question of the day as a communications and leadership coach and a Christian coach. And so a question that I would share with all of you today to take with to prayer with your Bible and your journal, which I often encourage my clients to do, is how do you need Christ's help today? How do you need Christ's help today? This is, you know, our, our faith is a journey. And uh, the work I do as a coach is have question-guided conversations. And we can have these question-guided conversations with God every single day, and we should. That's why I pose one question a day. So you can take that to prayer with your Bible and your journal and just sit and meditate on that question and that quote that I share that ties into that, right? The, the saints help guide us and pray with us. And then, you know, you could ask St. Leo to pray with you. As the, the Lord shine these truths on your life, these epiphany moments, these aha moments. So think about, you know, how do you need Christ's help today? Today, we honor St. Leo the Great, who worked for the spiritual and physical protection of the church. He defeated heresies and prevented Attila the Hun from evading Italy. So we ask St. Leo the Great for prayers for all of us today. We have a very packed hour. Catholic Connection, which is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN, and joining us here this morning, as he always does uh, with Teresa Tamio, will be the president and COO of EWTN, Doug Keck, will be joining us, talking about special programming on the way. And then Tommy Valentine, director of the Accountability Project at Catholic Vote, will be talking with us to discuss his new, new opinion piece featured in Real Clear Policy, in which he highlights the unabated attacks against Catholics in America. So since the Supreme Court's leaked Dobbs decision on May 2nd, 2022, there have now been 200 acts of violence and vandalism against Catholic churches in the United States, most of which have gone unprosecuted by the Biden administration. So this is the culture in which we're living in America today, the cancel culture, the anti-Christian culture, the anti-Catholic culture. And this is something we should take to prayer and ask the Lord, what should we do? 
Teresa and I talk about all the time about standing up and speaking up for truth. When when I come on her show and are in the news segment, we talk about how do we as Catholics stand up and speak up for truth and love and charity with Christ at the center. And that's something we could take to prayer. So Valentine explains the hateful motives encouraging these attacks. Many of the attacks we've um uh, they've tracked have a clear political motive, of course, that they like the spray painting of threats on a Michigan church and the weeks before the state's vote on the amendment to legalize abortion through the nine months, which we got in proposal three last year, which is probably the, the sister to the issue one proposal that just passed in Ohio, unfortunately indoctrinating abortion in the state's constitution, giving us abortion up until uh, through all of nine months of pregnancy and also taking away a lot of parental consent, meaning a a minor can go have an abortion and they don't have to tell their parents anything. And, you know, all these things keeping parents in the dark, like hormone therapy and, uh, uh, and having um, uh, sex changes. That's, that's what we got now. So we take these to prayer, right? And and so we'll be talking with Tommy Valentine about these issues and how uh, Catholics and Christians and pro-lifers continue to be attacked. And then we'll round out this uh, national hour here on Catholic Connection with Father Jeffrey Kirby talking about Year with the Pope's Daily Reflections, um, Meditations with the Vicar of Christ. And uh, this is a... Um, uh, uh, publication from TAM Books. Of course, EWTN has a wonderful religious catalog, and we'll talk a little bit with Doug about that, uh, about we're going into the holiday season. I'm a big proponent in religious items as stocking stuffers, including, especially, I should say, books, because I love to read. Um, I'm an avid reader, and I think that is such an important part of our faith journey, is reading good faith-based books, Um Especially, you know, the ones that have been vetted that we offer at the EWTN Religious Catalog. This is a great guide. If you don't know what to pick, really pray about it. Look at these options at EWTN Catalog. Maybe you could start a book club in 2024. Maybe that will be one of your goals. We have to all grow in faith. And, you know, prayer, of course, uh, should be at the focal point of our faith journey and praying with scripture, right? Praying our traditional prayers, having conversations with Christ. But these wonderful faith-based books that these amazing authors have written that we have interviewed uh, on our programming here um, help guide us on our faith journey. And yeah, I'm an avid reader. I'm always reading two or three books at a time. They're on my nightstand next to my bed. They're in my family room, in my office. I love to read. But this can help engage us as a community, as a Catholic community. When you share books with your friends and family, I love book clubs too. And maybe you could do this via Zoom. You know, uh, maybe you could pray with your family via Zoom. My sisters and I have a uh, Friday morning prayer. Of course, I hate to miss it this Friday because I'm filling in for Teresa. But uh, I have six sisters. We're part of a Friday morning. We we pray together for about a half hour, 45 minutes every Friday. And uh, we meditate on different verse, uh, Bible verses or we pray traditional prayers. Um, you know, we share with each other. Uh, what's on our heart, what things we're grappling with so we could pray for each other. That community prayer is so important too. And, you know, technology today has enabled us to pray with people around the globe. So maybe you have family all over the country, maybe in other parts of the world. Join them on Zoom and pray together. Read a book together. Be part of a book, a virtual book club together. 
But the EWTN Religious Catalog has a wealth of information and resources and wonderful, uh, well, the EWTN website, website has a wealth of resources, but the actual Religious Catalog has wonderful gifts for this holiday season, including these great books. So uh, we'll be talking with Doug Cock about that and the wonderful programming coming up as well. But it's eight minutes past the hour here on Catholic Connection, and now it's time for the news. So we'll take a quick scan at the forecast around the country and parts of the country in different cities. In the, my own hometown of Michigan, it's a high of 57 degrees today in the Detroit area. Sunny skies, so that's wonderful. That perk up my uh, spirits. Charlotte uh, is 82 degrees. Jacksonville, Florida, 81 degrees in cloudy skies. Tampa, 85. 80 in Miami. Cloudy in most of Florida. And we look on the East Coast and Boston, it's going to be rainy and 45 degrees. New York, 59 and cloudy. Washington, Washington, rainy and a high of 71. And then we look on the West Coast, San Francisco, a high of 62 and cloudy. Los Angeles, a high of 78, partly sunny skies. And Phoenix, Arizona, 77 is the high and sunny in Las Vegas as well with a high of 69 degrees. Rainy and cloudy in Seattle. And we look in the mid part of the country in Oklahoma City, 55 degrees. Dallas, 58 and rainy. And Kansas City, 58 and cloudy skies. The White House says Israel is allowing daily pauses in its battle against Hamas so humanitarian aid can reach civilians. Deputy Press Secretary Olivia Dalton told reporters Thursday the four-hour pauses will also allow people in northern Gaza to head south to safer areas. President Biden told reporters on Thursday that there's no chance of a full ceasefire at this time but that he's optimistic about efforts to free the hostages held by Hamas. Former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie will be the first Republican presidential candidate to visit the Middle East since the war between Israel and the Palestinian group Hamas broke out last month. Christie is scheduled to arrive in Israel on Sunday and meet with both officials and people who were wounded in fighting. He will visit, will come after Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said Israel is not looking to conquer Gaza. Large protests continue in New York City connected to the war in the Middle East, and things got rowdy last night in Midtown Manhattan. Scott Pringle reports. Roughly 100 pro-Palestinian protesters broke off from a larger group and set off a smoke bomb, spray-painted Free Palestine on the windows and doors of the New York Times building, and also sprayed an NYPD vehicle. They entered the lobby of the Times building. No arrests made. What do we want? Earlier, hundreds of students walked out of class to join a large protest calling for a ceasefire. A congressional hearing is focusing on the harassment of Jewish students on college campuses. Republicans are outraged that more is not being done to denounce the hate speech. Under the logic of the left, microaggressions are hate speech. But physical threats of violence can be free speech depending on if the group being threatened is not oppressed enough. Texas Republican Congressman Wesley Hunt said college is meant to be a safe space to learn about the world. Instead, he feels it has become a place for political indoctrination. The spike of anti-Semitic attacks has been even caught the eye of the White House, which has called it alarming. The press secretary has said that administration is closely tracking the threats. Pentagon officials say American troops have been hit four times since the U.S. conducted an airstrike in Syria. Brian Shook reports. On Wednesday, F-15 
teens conducted an airstrike on a weapons facility in Syria used by Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps and affiliated groups. The following day, the Pentagon reported at least four new attacks by Iranian-backed groups on U.S. bases in the Middle East. Officials say the U.S. is conducting proportionate responses while trying not to escalate the conflict. The NYPD is investigating after a man was stabbed in the head on a subway train in Manhattan last night. Paul DeCastro has more. Cops say the 61-year-old was randomly stabbed twice in the head with a screwdriver while sitting on a southbound one train at around 9.30 at the 59th Street Columbus Circle Station. The victim was taken to Mount Sinai West in stable condition. The male suspect fled the station. Police say he was last seen wearing a black sweatshirt and a mask. The world's largest bank has been hit by cyber attacks, forcing it to trade using a flash drive. The New York office of the Industrial and Commercial Bank of China was hit with a ransomware attack on Thursday, making it unable to clear U.S. Treasury trades. The bank had to be used messengers carrying USB drives to compete, uh, complete its trades. One cybersecurity expert called it a true shock to large banks around the world. The defense team for former President Donald Trump is asking a judge to end Trump's civil fraud trial in New York. Scott Pringle has that story. Trump's legal team on Thursday argued there are no victims because the banks got paid and made money and Trump's insurance company is still doing business with Trump. Therefore, there should be no case and it should be dismissed. The judge did not make a ruling and said the trial will continue on Monday. State Attorney General Letitia James is seeking a big fine and a ban on Trump doing business in New York State. She's accusing Trump of inflating his net worth to get better loans and insurance deals. Opening statements got underway Thursday in the federal trial. The man accused of attacking then-House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's husband inside their San Francisco home. It happened October of last year and was partially captured on police body cameras. School vaccination exemptions for kindergartners are at their highest level. The CDC data says immunization programs for measles, mumps, rubella, tetanitis, polio, and chickenpox vaccinations show that less children are getting their shots now than before the pandemic. Vaccination coverage is at a 93% this year, down from 95%. Mortgage rates are down in the biggest weekly drop since last year. Lisa Taylor has more. The 30-year fixed-rate mortgage went down to 7.5% this week, down from a quarter of a percentage point from the week before. That's according to data from Freddie Mac. It's the second straight week rates have gone down after rising for seven weeks in a row. It is 14 minutes past the hour here on Catholic Connection. Vanessa Denhagarmo filling in for Teresa Tamio. When we come back, Doug Keck, president and COO of EWTN, will be joining us. The wisdom of Mother Angelica. You remember the time I said on the air, go to confession. And when you're done, go out and have a big ice cream soda. Celebrate. And a man wrote to me, he said, you know, I hadn't gone to confession in 30 years. Do you mind if I went and had a pizza? I said, oh, have 20 pizzas. EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. This program is brought to you by the following nonprofit underwriter. Finding health care for yourself and your family can be isolating and confusing. That's why the Catholic Health Alternative, CMF Curo, is offering Christ-centered health sharing for individuals and families, along with new wellness services to help heal and restore your whole person, spirit, mind, and body. Visit cmfcuro.com to find out more. That's cmfcuro.com, where you can experience Christ's healing love in your health and wellness. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? 
Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. It's a Friday here on Catholic Connection, and that means President and COO of EWTN, Doug Keck, is joining us. Good morning, Doug. How are you? Good morning, Vanessa. Always great to be with you. So it's my favorite time of the year because I get to find my favorite stocking stuffers, and I'll get into that in a minute. But let's talk about special programming on the way at EWTN. Sure. Uh, we've got a couple of new programs. Call to Communion with Dr. David Anders' program is going to be on uh, tomorrow. Uh, it's a new program. And we've got Living Right with Dr. Ray uh, as another program that will be showing up uh, on Saturday. And that's a new program he has called High School Rules. So we'll have to see what he has to say about that. But then to follow into what you're saying, we've got a wonderful program that we're very proud of, uh, a 13-part series with Joe Pierce entitled Great Books Every Catholic Should Know. And uh, he goes through... uh, you know, all the great works of literature and those and, and parses out and shows the Catholic underpinnings, the spiritual aspects of those. So we're really excited about that show. And it's going to premiere on Sunday the 12th at 6 p.m. Eastern. And in the future, there'll be some spots that we, we called out of that called uh, Joe's Notes, which will be like cliff notes on each one of them for for those people who don't have the long-term uh, att- attention span. They can pick up <laughs> some information as well. If, if it, it keys in a person and they say, gee, I'd like to find out more about that book, that would be great. And uh, hopefully they can buy it through religious catalog. Also, we've got EWTN on location, the Blue Army Shrine Talks, some talks that were done there. They're going to air on Saturday at 10 p.m., obviously, uh, following up on Our Lady of Fatima. Uh, a very powerful new program entitled The Hour of the Laity, five-part miniseries, kicks off uh, next week. And that's going to be at 5.30 p.m. Eastern in our gallery slot. So look for that. It's interesting. People out in the world talking about how it, their faith impacts how they live out every day. Another program we're very proud of, a special, Alive in Christ, the Eucharistic Martyrs from the early church. And it focuses on two of them basically Ignatius of Antioch and Justin Martyr. And it shows how these great, you know, patriarchs of the faith were willing to give up their lives, basically, and defend everything to be, protect the Eucharist. And, and, and something maybe we need to be reminded of, obviously, uh, you know, this year, in the year of the Eucharist, as to how important it was to the early church, uh, and, and that people would give their lives protecting our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. Also, next Wednesday, our, our old buddy Bear Wozniak shows up, and he's going to mm. be on with Father Mitch. He's always fun. He's got a new book out, uh, about where are all the cowboys. I'm going to get an opportunity to do an interview with him, too, <laughs> uh, while he's in town. And in Mother Angelica next Thursday from the heart. It's a series of programs we called from these holy hours she did years ago, and she's going to be talking about the Beatitudes of the Lord. It's really a program we're really 
mother does talk from the heart of the Lord uh, to other people's hearts. Uh, so we're really excited about that particular program, and people love Mother Angelica in every form we put her out there. And she, uh, you know, uh, translates around the world as the most popular show we, we always put on. It's Mother Angelica and the Mass and the Rosary. Those are our top programs, mm-hmm. as you can imagine. Uh, and uh, so EW10.com, check out all our programming coming up. Also, our on-demand platform, our YouTube channel. You can get many of these programs and radio shows. Check out our, of course, our um, our Podcast Central, which is ever-expanding with our own programs and the best of the rest out there of Catholic uh, uh, podcasts. So that's all on our EW10 website. I love it. I love the programming on demand, too, Doug, because, you know, you can watch this and around your own schedule. And if you miss something, I mean, that the resources are so uh, wonderful. And I want to get back into the book series because, you know, I'm, I'm an avid reader. I love reading books and I'm a big proponent of uh, reading as a part of your faith journey. So we got to get back to these wonderful Catholic book clubs that were around and invite mm-hmm. our friends and family. It's a great way to evangelize the faith, Doug, is reading a book together, you know, or or sharing gifts with the EWTN catalog you know can you talk to us about that about how reading is such a, a an important part of our faith journey absolutely so many people have, have been have picked up books because authors have showed up obviously on EWTN's programs over the years it was one of the reasons why I thought doing a book show or starting a book show back in 1997 would be a worthwhile endeavor all these great authors were coming through as guests on shows and I said they're talking about the topic, but wouldn't be interesting to spend more time focused specifically on what they're saying in the book and, and mm-hmm. hopefully out of that. And then we also do what we call the bookmark briefs, which is an overview of the book, which we put on the web and use actually as a promo piece. But it's it's all designed to be able to intrigue people, as you're indicating, to say, gee, maybe, maybe that is a book I might be interested in. Um, you know, I hear a little bit about it in a spot like that, or I watch the show and I think, oh, okay, I learned a lot. Maybe that's enough. Maybe I can walk away with that information or maybe it keys an interest in a particular book or a particular topic and and maybe I'm going to go and resource more of that and some of that can be read through books and other things can be read through material certainly that EW10 you know posts on online and other uh, Catholic entities put out there but Mm -hmm. it's really important that we always know that we're always on a journey and we can always learn more about our faith. How has um, the uh, the book club series that you do and really featuring these books helped you, Doug, on your own faith journey and the work that you do at EWTN? Because, right. you know, it helps us all grow in faith and it helps us be, be better evangelizers. Well, immensely, I was kid over the fact that I was not a reader as a kid. I was a movie person. That's why I worked on the startup <laughs> of American Movie Classics and other movie channels because that's what I really loved. Uh-huh. Uh, but I, Father Spitzer did remind me, he said, well, you had to have read books. And I said, well, I guess I read military history and I read books about Hollywood and things like that. So I was reading, but it was God's joke on me to have me come here and start doing a a book (laughs) show where I've had to read through and read, you know, probably 1,500 books or something over the last 25 years. And uh, what's great about it, and I think, uh, is, you know, you read the books, you get spiritual guidance, and you retain those pieces in your mind. And it, and it, it, it definitely shapes how you think about your faith and how you think about life on a regular basis. And, and you have that resource. So when you're discussing something or somebody's talking, you say, well, I'm, I don't remember where I read this. But, you know, one of the saints said, or, or you know, Father Benedict Rochelle one time said, fill in the yeah. blank. And, and, and it allows you to be reinforced in your faith and, and helps you stand up when you need to for the yeah. faith as well. 
And what I love what you do, Doug Heck at EWTN, is that you vet these authors out for us, for people listening, so they don't have to wonder, well, is this a quality Catholic book? Should I be reading this? So if it's at the EWTN Religious Catalog, yes, you can go ahead and read it. Because I get asked that all the time. How do I know if this book is uh, true to the faith? Right. Absolutely. And we only promote books that we feel comfortable with. And we don't say anything about books that we're not comfortable with. We don't believe that that's our... Our, our, our role either. So if a book doesn't show up, you know, there may be a particular reason why, you know, we have an issue with it, or it may be that one hasn't come on our radar yet. I mean, we get inundated. You know, sure. it's like so many things. It's like media. Years ago, people thought, well, there's going to be fewer and fewer movies and fewer and fewer TV shows. There's more movies and more TV shows than ever. Yeah. Uh, and same thing with books. For a long time, people thought, well, you know, books are going to fade away. Who's reading? There's more books out there, more Catholic books out there now than ever before because the nature of what it costs to publish has gone down. It's a lot easier to get. You can self-publish. So there's tons of material. And there's wonderful Catholics out there who've had wonderful spiritual experiences and they send you the books and things like that and it's just you know there's only so many programs we only do 52 bookmarks we only have 52 uh, father mitch shows uh and those kinds of things and so we have to be selective and we do tend to try to look for things new but we also look for the tried and true ones that people have uh, you know been attracted to over the over the years the you know the scott Hahn, the scott's coming up in in, in December and other books that that are coming up in the near future, uh, you know, and those kinds of books when they're coming out and promoting those books because we think those are the books that are going to have the greatest impact. Doug Heck, we have about a minute left with you here on Catholic Connection. And in addition to the staple programming that EWTN does with Mother Angelica and the Mass and the Rosary, and you're always looking for new programming, what does 2024 look like? Any Anything that you're looking at or it's on your pulse or your radar right now? Well, I think one of the things we're looking at, and, and, and there's been some mention of this kind of EW10 Next concept out there, which really looks at us taking what we've done so far and, and, and kind of honing our target on other related things related specifically to the web and the web audience to make sure we're not missing out on, especially younger people uh, who are out consuming differently than we have in the past. Amen. Doug Heck, thank you so much for being with us here on Catholic Connection, President and COO of EWTN. Stay with us, everyone. Tommy Valentine will be joining us, Director of Accountability Project at Catholic Vote. Stay with us. the director of accountability project at catholic vote discussing with us an opinion pc penned and real clear policy welcome tommy valentine tommy thank you so much for joining us thank you for having me so tommy this piece that you penned really highlights the unabated attacks against catholics in america so tell us uh give us an overview of this piece that you penned and what prompted you to want to write it yeah well so we've been tracking the ongoing pattern of attacks against Catholic churches, instances of violence and vandalism that's been happening since May of 2020, when your listeners will remember we saw a wave of civil unrest sweep across the country. Now, everybody remembers that the unrest was sort of indiscriminate against places and, and places of business, and other churches were also attacked. The difference is that the violence against Catholic churches did not stop that summer. It continued and even escalated in the three and a half years that have followed. 
Now, what prompted me to write the specific piece at this time was that we saw this past October the 200th attack on a Catholic church since the leak of the Supreme Court's Dobbs opinion overturning Roe versus Wade. So essentially there were two different waves. One was from May of 2020 until May of 2022, when we saw a lot of BLM-related violence, a lot of politically motivated violence against churches. And then after the leak of that opinion, it would it took on a distinct pro-abortion theme where a lot of churches were attacked with pro-abortion messaging, and that was the motivation. A lot of them organized by pro-abortion extremist groups. Mm-hmm. And so the attack that happened last month was actually very disturbing, one of the most disturbing yet. It was two 12-year-old kids who marched into a Catholic church in Massachusetts about half an hour after school let out and set a Bible on fire on the altar. Wow. Now, what sort of place do we have to be in in this country that two 12-year-old kids are inspired to set a Bible on fire wow. in a church after school lets out? That's the Damn. sort of thing where if this happened to some other religious group in some other place of worship, we'd be hearing calls for a national conversation on what oh, would cause yeah. that. Yeah, for sure. But when it's Catholics, it's silent. Yeah. And where is the Biden administration uh, 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 in, in all of this? Uh, for Out of the 200 acts of violence and vandalism against the Catholic Church in the United States, most of which have gone unprosecuted by this administration. So what would you say to that? And that's the 12-year-olds is so alarming. I mean, where are they being indoctrinated that, that they would think that would be not only okay, uh, but something they should be doing? I mean, this is just, it, it's it's disturbing on so many levels. Yeah, well, I mean, there's so many disturbing aspects to this, and, and one more thing I'll note about the, the, the 12-year-old kids is that this happened about 15 miles from Plymouth, Massachusetts, which was, um, in some sense, uh, where our country was founded on the basis of religious freedom, because we had a group of people who wanted to practice their own religion freely, and then 15 miles away, 400 years later, 12-year-old kids are setting a Bible on fire. So the, the irony there was not lost on me. Um, in terms of the Biden administration, that's another disturbing aspect, because our second Catholic president doesn't seem to have any interest in pursuing this issue. Um, what we saw when the pro-abortion-related violence was happening the summer of 2022 was that the one time President Biden was asked about it by a member of the media, he basically just said, I want pro-abortion activists to keep protesting and keep making their voices heard. He didn't condemn the violence. He didn't condemn the fear that they were perpetrating against Catholics going to church that summer. He said, keep protesting. Those were the words straight out of his mouth. And we've written letters to the, to the Department of Justice. We've been working with Congress to try to push for action on this issue. We've gotten nothing but platitudes back. And what we're seeing across the country is that only about 25% of these cases can we find evidence of an arrest made against the perpetrator against these attacks. Yeah. And they're all being made by local police departments, local sheriff's offices. And it's mm-hmm. not because local police departments and sheriffs are unwilling to do the work and are not taking it seriously. I talked with pastors across the country who have been victims of these attacks who said the local police have been very vigilant and diligent in finding the perpetrators. The problem is that local police departments don't have the resources to combat a nationwide wave of violence, some of which appears to be centrally organized by domestic extremist organizations. They need federal help. They need federal resources. They need the FBI, and they're not getting that help. 
Yeah. And part of the problem, which exasperates, and I think a, a big part of it, Tommy, is uh, Valentine, Director of Accountability Project at Catholic Vote, is the fact that the media is not doing their job and properly covering these stories. So the, the two 12-year-old attack, uh, uh, putting a Bible on fire at the altar, should have been national news all across this country. Uh, the fact that the 200th attack had happened, the fact that the Biden administration is doing nothing, I mean, this should have been covered all over the country, headline news, but it's 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 crickets yeah i mean i'll give you a, a couple of examples which your your listeners might remember is that you know a few years ago we had a nascar driver find a piece of rope in a garage and then the next day there were a dozen fbi agents descending on the scene of what turned out to be just a, a big misunderstanding and we had a, a mosque that was set on fire um earlier this year earned immediate condemnation from the White House for that attack. And we agree, like, we condemn attacks against mosques, synagogues, other churches, any place of worship we don't think should be attacked for any reason. The difference is that those sorts of instances where a group is maybe politically favored or at least not unfavorable um, seem to earn a lot more media attention than the hundreds of attacks against Catholic churches. Um, typically what we see is local media will cover these stories and they will give voice to the pastors and the parishioners. They do a very good job of it. But national news, there's almost nothing. You know, Fox News covers it. They have covered it a few times. Um, but in terms of the other outlets, there's absolute silence. Mm-hmm. And that's a big part of the challenge is when it doesn't get national coverage and then people are left in the dark of what's really happening. Uh, and then it, 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 it's not only politically correct to attack Catholics, it's, it's like, you know, you're completely canceled out. So what do we do, Tommy Valentine? What is a call to action to all of us listening here of, of these issues? What, what can we do? Yeah, well, a couple things. I mean, one is just to be vigilant, you know, ask your pastor if he needs help um, keeping the church secure. Uh, some of these attacks have no rhyme or reason. Others are related to elections, unfortunately. We just saw over a dozen churches in the greater Cincinnati area were vandalized in the lead-up to the vote on Ohio's Issue 1, which is really unfortunate and really disturbing, because there should be no intimidation around an election. Um, so one, just be vigilant. The second is if something like this has happened in your church and it wasn't reported, you know, reach out to your local media. Most of the time they're interested in covering something like this, even if they're not necessarily friendly to you on other things. Uh, they do generally do a good job on this. There needs to be attention on this sort of thing. So if that happens, reach out to local media, TV stations, newspapers, radio immediately. Um, and the third thing is that you should be writing to the White House um, and write to the Department of Justice. The White House has a contact form on its website. And they do usually respond to a letter. Now, most of the time, it's not going to go any farther than whoever's responding to the letter. But they do keep track of what sorts of things they're hearing about. And the same thing goes to your member of Congress, right? So your members of Congress, they are monitoring what sorts of things their constituents are telling them about. Congress has a unique oversight role, and they can push the federal government to act on these things. Tommy Valentine, Director of Accountability Project at Catholic Vote. His opinion, peace, and real clear policy. Stay with us, everyone. When we come back, Father Jeffrey Kirby will be joining us talking about a year with the Pope's daily meditations with the Vicar of Christ.
the pastor of Our Lady of Grace Catholic Church in the Diocese of Charleston in South Carolina and the author of several books, including the latest, uh, his latest book uh, that we're talking with him about today, A Year with the Pope's Daily Meditations with the Vicar of Christ. Please welcome Father Jeffrey Kirby. Father, how are you today? Good, Vanessa. It's good to be with you. So tell us what inspired you, Father, uh, to write this latest book, A Year with the Pope's Daily Meditations with the Vicar of Christ. Yes, I wanted to uh, provide a, a real strong biblical and historical basis for uh, a spiritual deepening of love and devotion to the Vicar of Christ. So to really walk the reader uh, through a year, 365 days, you know, drawn from the scriptures, from parts of uh, church history, from the spiritual teachings of, of different popes, and just nurture in each of us a, a greater love and, and, and esteem for this uh, paternal office has been given to us by the Lord Jesus. You know, this is a great time of the year to uh, look for books, as I said, for great stocking stuffers. And how, how do you see this will help others grow in faith? And do you see it something that can be discussed like in a book club f- type of form, Matt? Yes, very much. Very much. In fact, the, the book is purposely designed to be as, as flexible as, as someone would want it. So, for example, when someone hears you know, a year with the popes, they think, oh, no, don't, don't, does that mean I have to start on January 1st? And actually, there, there are no calendar dates associated with the 365 days. So someone could start it whenever they would want. So they could start it January 1st or December 28th or January 16th or whatever they would want, whenever they, they would, it would fit with their schedule. And, and also people think, well, if I have to do this, I mean, I have to do something every day. And it's like, no, you, you use it as you can. So if you miss a few days, you can catch up. If you like to do seven of them during a holy hour once a week or whatever is going to help someone, uh, you know, to really dive into it and, and let this book help them in their spiritual life. Book clubs, as you, as you asked, Vanessa can certainly use this. Uh, I think uh, Bible studies can use this as an opening devotional or closing devotional to their studies. This can also be very helpful for RCIA uh, programs to mm-hmm. help nurture a greater love for the, for the Pope in, in, you know, perspective new Catholics. So the book is very fluid, very flexible, can be used in, in countless ways. So is it uh, is it also guiding us to understand the history of the papacy and uh, and popes in history too? I mean, are we getting like a historical lesson as well? Yeah. So so the the, the effort was not to give apologetics or history or you know those were not the focus, uh, but those are certainly a part of it. So okay. for example, the whole first part of the book is is just a strong biblical presentation uh, of the papacy. So the push of the book is is a real spiritual conversion, uh, a deepening of a disciple's heart for our Holy Father, for the Vicar of Christ. And so you see, you see a lot of scripture, and then after that whole first part, we, we bounce through salvation history, we bounce through uh, church history, and, and we highlight events you know, in the life of the church, things that the, the popes taught about or exhorted. So a lot of teachings on the rosary, a lot of teachings on fasting. Um, mm. We see the Pope's uh, comments and, and teachings in terms of the slave trade, the Galileo affair. We see comments in terms of of wars and uh, just anything you can think of in terms of, of Western history. We, we draw from that and say, what, what was the Pope saying about this? For example, Columbus's you know, voyages to the New World. And, and what was the Holy Father saying about that when that was happening? And so there's some historical things there, of, of course, but again, the real focus is 
to give a spiritual presentation of the papal office to, to really guide the disciples to a greater love for the Holy Father. We're talking about a year with the Pope's Daily Meditations with the Vicar of Christ, authored by Father Jeffrey Kirby and published by TAM Books and available at the EWTN Religious Catalog. And uh, Father Jeffrey Kirby, why is it important for us as Catholics to, you know, understand the Pope and, and the Vicar of Christ and the history of the Popes in our Church? How does it help us on our faith journey? Yeah, so the, the Holy Father, the, the Vicar of Christ, was given to us by the Lord Jesus as a shepherd, a spiritual father, as a help for us to know the gospel without question, to feel the constant encouragement to, to live the way of the gospel. I, I think knowing uh, the history of the papacy, we, we can look and see at times when we had bad popes, when we had popes who were just lukewarm, uh, we create like real uh, nothing burgers, right? Um, and yet, what happens in terms of the sacred tradition is that the tradition just absorbs them, so during the times of, of bad popes, you know, you can see, you know, the hurt and, and, and the sorrow of the people of God. And yet, upon the passing of that Holy Father, that papacy was just absorbed by sacred tradition, and actually good things that were a part of that papacy were enhanced. And the not-so-desirable aspects were just faded away. And I think that can give us great hope as we look at you know, the Church today, as we sometimes are concerned about where the Church is going, or we're not sure about, you know, uh, questions or teachings about from, uh, from Pope Francis, we can still look and say, you know, our Holy Father is one part of this beautiful apostolic lineage of Popes through the ages. And the sacred tradition, guided by the Holy Spirit, will continue to guide the Church, and good things will always come from the tradition of the Church. We're talking about an engaging read by Father Kirby, teaching us the triumphs of the good and saintly popes and the, and the scandals of the bad and provides us an account of papal teachings that occurred at monumental times in church history. Uh, we're going to have to take a break here, Father Jeffrey Kirby, but I want to continue this conversation. And I'm glad you mentioned, I want to talk to you when we come back, I'm glad you mentioned we've had, you know, not so good popes and we've had lukewarm popes, but that doesn't change the church that Jesus Christ founded. You know, they're all still human beings. So I want to talk about that when we come back after the break. We're talking with Father Jeffrey Kirby about his latest book from Tan Books, also available at the EWTN Religious Catalog. And uh, we'll be talking with a year with the Pope's daily meditations with the Vicar of Christ. We'll be right back after this. We're continuing our conversation here today on Catholic Connection with Father Jeffrey Kirby uh, about his latest book that he's just penned, A Year with the Pope's Daily Meditations with the Vicar of Christ. And uh, Father, I'm glad you mentioned that, you know, we cannot be discouraged by the lukewarm and, and bad popes in history because the church is the church still founded by Jesus Christ, and they will not ever change that. So can you speak to that? Absolutely. In, in fact, uh, we have one of our earlier popes, uh, was the only one who really attempted to teach doctrinal error. And he was warned and warned and warned about it, and he was insistent, and the night before he was going to make the declaration, he dropped dead of a heart attack. You know, and um, while we, of course, wish that upon no one, I can tell people that we have historical evidence that the Holy Spirit will guide the Church. The Church will not teach doctrinal error. And when we find situations when a Pope is, is just a bad Pope or a lukewarm Pope, well, you know, the Holy Spirit is still 
the one guiding the church. This is still the church of, of the Lord Jesus. And, and sacred tradition has a powerful way of just absorbing and fading bad popes out. You know, so while it certainly it can be difficult when the pope is is actually shepherding the church and and there are questions and and, and you know bizarre decisions and peculiar things and, and we've seen this in, in the history of the church that can be very difficult. But you know, what's interesting, Vanessa, is that in those moments <laughs> we look at the history of the church, the Holy Spirit raises up powerful saints. In fact, mm. if you look at the times in which the popes have been the worst or the most lukewarm, that's when we get our most, we can say, just a rush of powerful saints. As you almost see the Holy Spirit say, okay, the throne of Peter, the Pope is not doing what's being asked, so the Holy Spirit has raised up all these powerhouses of holiness to almost balance the Church during a time of, of a bad Pope or a lukewarm Pope. And, and so, you know, it, it's distressing, it, it's disturbing in those times, but you know, the Holy Spirit's going to take care of the Church. Uh, we're going to suffer a little bit. Then there's a bad Pope or lukewarm Pope, but great saints are raised up, which means we can all become great saints in, in those moments, but also that the Holy Spirit will just absorb that Pope's supposed legacy and fade out the bad and just affirm whatever good that might have been. And we can't be discouraged, right? We have to have hope in Jesus Christ and hope in the truth, and that who is Jesus Christ. But what can we do, uh, Father Jeffrey Kirby, when we see things that um, come out of the church that we know is not quite right or really opposing what the church really teaches? What do we do as Catholics? Yes, yes I, I think that, you know, St. Paul tells us in his writings that we make up what is lacking in the body of Christ. And in this reference, the body of Christ is, is the Church. So, for example, if we see weak leadership or bizarre pastoral decisions or a kind of muddying of the doctrine or kind of dismissiveness uh, to the moral teachings of, of the Church, if we see that among leadership, then that's the time where we have to make up for what is lacking in the body of Christ, which means this is a, that's the time in which we need to most especially pray and fast and do the works of the Lord. So mm-hmm. when people say, oh, I'm, I'm so concerned about what's going on in the Church, I know what's going on, I say, okay, and, and that's understandable, but pray more, grow your, your uh, Eucharistic devotion, go and serve the poor, visit the sick, study the sacred scriptures, find other holy people that are trying to follow the way of the Lord Jesus, do the work of the Lord. Do the work of the Lord that is right in front of us. Mm-hmm. Because it's precisely by doing that that we're going to make up what is lacking in the body of Christ. And, and historically, and this should give us all great hope, it's by doing that in difficult times that the Holy Spirit again will raise up great saints. We might be surprised that some of the people we actually know hmm. are actually these great saints that the Lord is raising up during a difficult times. Amen. God willing. Father Jeff Kirby is who we're talking to here on Catholic Connection, author of his latest book, A Year with the Popes, Daily Meditations with the Vicar of Christ. And, uh, you know, Father, you're an award-winning author. How has writing these books helped you on your own faith journey? Yes, I, I love books like this, uh, especially, you know, here, the, the history of the papacy, because, you know, the vast majority of the men who have been raised up by God to serve as, as, as the Holy Father, as the Pope, have been tremendously holy, and we have some powerful spiritual masters among the popes. And so it's a gift for me to have the time and 
to kind of carve out the time for this work to to learn myself or to be reminded or to more be deeply converted even you know to a greater love for this amazing papal office for for the successor of St. Peter. So to me, it's always a deepening of discipleship. Uh, as you mentioned, I'm a pastor first and foremost, so everything I do is from the perspective of you know, <laughs> of the trenches, like what, what can help me, what can help the families and the people under my care, how can we become better disciples of the Lord Jesus. So I love these type of works because it, it becomes a personal study that then I can share with my parish that becomes an opportunity for all of us to even dive more deeper into our relationship with the Lord. Amen. Father Jeff, we have about a minute or so left with you here on Catholic Connection. What else do you want to share with our listeners before we let you go? I just want to maybe just affirm that we have powerful saints and spiritual masters among the list of popes. And, you know, if there's a time of discouragement or confusion with one pope or another, just realize that the vast majority are holy and that the Holy Spirit is always working in the life of the Church, and He will bring great good, even from lukewarm or bad popes. Amen. Father Jeff Jeffrey Kirby talking with us here today, a year with the Pope's Daily Meditations with the Vicar of Christ. Thank you so much for joining us, and God bless you and all that you do, Father. Thanks, Vanessa. Take care. The book is available by TAM Books and also at EWTN Religious Catalog. It's a great place to go. It's one of my favorite places to go during this time of year because I find the best stocking stuffers at the EWTN Religious Catalog, including great religious books. And as you just heard us talking earlier today with Doug Keck, these books are vetted out. So you don't have to worry if these are quality books that are in line with the teachings of the Catholic Church, because if they are not, they wouldn't be up on the EWTN Religious Catalog. And I personally like it because I don't have to do any research myself. I just know if it's featured in the Religious Catalog, it is a book I should be reading. And I really encourage you, as you go to your family functions, you want to take something with you. I know a lot of people like to take, you know, their dishes and their desserts, and that's wonderful. But take a gift with you as well, something for their home, maybe a book uh, that they can read with their family. Uh, so the EWTN Religious Catalog is a great resource, a great place to go, a great online store to find these wonderful books for every member of the family. There's things for children, things for our grandparents, things for the home, uh, books to read. Uh, there's jewelry. Uh, these are great uh, gifts and, and great, wonderful stocking stuffers, great housewarming gifts, great gifts to give to people if you're invited to their family for an event. So thank you so much, uh, Doug Keck, for joining us, President and COO of EWTN. W10 and Tommy Valentine, director of the Accountability Project, and of course, Father Jeffrey Kirby, uh, and, and then earlier, Dr. Monica Miller. Thank you all for tuning in. I'll be sitting in Teresa's host chair on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of next week. God willing, God bless. Have a wonderful weekend. You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E-MariaRadio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection.